Hello and welcome to Dreaded 30s, where we share stories about our past, present, and future so you can feel a little bit better about yourself. I'm drinking caffeine after 9pm and now I realize I'm sleep deprived. And I'm on the verge of no longer being thick and just being fat. I'm Gavin. I'm Justin. And thank you for listening to episode 5. <laughs> we need to like find some sound effect i feel like it's almost necessary we do we have no reason not to have one like tossed in there i mean there's websites like fiverr not sponsored that could probably just get us one in minutes something that's like not dmcaable oh <laughs> <sighs> too many of those anyways hi hello what's up hi hello to you uh let's just jump straight in what are you dreading what have you dreaded this last week so most recently I was having some AC issues at the house. Mm. It started leaking and the ceiling was drowning in water. Uh, but it seems to be working fine now. Was it the heat? I don't, I don't know. What caused I it? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Is your ceiling Not okay? Good. Is it like dripping still? <sighs> it's no longer dripping, which doesn't make sense because the AC is back on. Hmm. So I, I, what I'm speculating is that a pump got clogged i almost said jammed so stopping it and restarting it i think fixed it as i mean it sounds like an it thing have you turned off your router and turned it back on <laughs> do you know how many times i said that when i was in geek squad uh, Jesus. but it's working nice. it's working and i'm dreading uh this upcoming weekend because i'm camping again but i'm actually camping like in a tent and I'm hoping it's comfortable. I'm hoping nothing attacks me. I'm a light sleeper when it comes to sound, so I better hear nothing. Bring bug spray, and I'd say have a fan like right next to you because it's going to be hot. Mm-hmm. Like I'm dreading that in Kansas City. It's going to be over 100 degrees heat index the whole time, maybe higher over this weekend. Yeah, I know. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. Can't wait. Wow. So that's going to be very hot all weekend, which is like a little scary. Um. But yeah, get some fans around you because you're going to be hot. Get that bug spray. Like, hmm. Yeah, we have uh, like one of those power outlet things that stick out of the ground. So it's not like totally primitive. So we can, I don't know. I like your little hand break. thing. Our listeners can't see it, but he has hand like up and he was like shaking it a little bit. <laughs> so like we're able to plug stuff in. Um, so we'll definitely plug in a fan. That's going to be so necessary. It's like a half glamping experience almost. It's probably as far as I'll go. Mm-hmm. Probably. I've done the whole like non-power outlet experience before. It was horrible. I don't recommend it. Um, yeah, it was like the worst experience of my life. <laughs> was that for like just one night or yeah, just, more than one? Well, one uh, it might have been two days, actually. I'll have to ask Dylan, but it was like two days we were there. And it was last year, you know, two years ago. And uh, it was fun. Like we had the people there were great. We had a good time. But I was just like always oh, hot. Um, no fan, no breeze, no, we had cooler with ice, which melted in the first day. I, I just I don't recommend it. I think my biggest thing is I don't want it to storm. Because if it storms, it's game over for me. Like, I'm going to be full on convinced that I'm about to get electrocuted. Like, I will not sleep. I won't sleep. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, all of those things are built for, like, some water issues. But, like, you know, you're, you'll probably be fine. This muddy. The muddy part sucks. Well, it's like of all the gays that are there, like... Hopefully, someone else gets smited and not us. Okay, that's really rude. <laughs> oh, is it a gay thing or is it just a camping thing? 
it's it's a gay campground, but oh. it's pretty small. It's pretty quaint. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Go play in the water. And now they all hate babies. me. Oh, they have a little pool. So I haven't been to this one. Mm. So I don't really know what to expect, but I have high expectations from the one that I've been going to. So hopefully it's a good one. You're so exploratious right now. I'm so jealous. Well, speaking of exploring, <laughs> Mr. Gogo Man can finally talk about the experience. Mm -hmm. It's finally time. Spill the tea. Yeah, um, I still haven't turned in my tips I made from the event because <laughs> if you ever there's too much. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see a go go dancer they got a big stack of ones and it's like i don't want to go to the bank and be like hi i need to deposit all these bills um i have flattened them though they are flattened um but yeah let's just start from the beginning so yeah it was at the bar one of the bars here and they had like a little back room for us by the djs in a whole like locked off area for us and uh one of our dancers actually quit last second so it was just me and my friend nick and we like had to get somebody else there because like us two, we can't go all night long. Like, oh my god, we're gonna die. Um, right. So our go-go lead friend, my friend Cornell, he actually like called up and got someone there last second for us while we were like dancing for like forty-five minutes. And forty-five minutes on a box is exhausting because you're dancing, oh, yeah. you're wearing very little clothing, <laughs> and you're sweating your bum off. Um, it was really fun. I had a lot of fun. Made some good money. Um, I wasn't really doing it for the money though. I was more just like wanting to like dance, get my workout on. I realized it's a lot more work than I expected, but it was mm. really fun. I got to talk to people and walk around in less clothing than anyone else in the bar. It was great. I think my biggest question is, would you do it again? Oh yeah, hundred mm. percent. Um, so it was a good experience. It was. I won't go into the details of like how the money was exactly, but I'll just say it was definitely well worth the time for what I felt like was just a great workout. I met a ton of people. Everyone was actually very nice. I had very little bad stuff to say about it. Um, I think there were some experiences that I definitely want to kind of talk about in a second. But overall, I would totally do it again. And my my friend even said like, it's my first time dancing with his group and with and like for his um, team of people. And he wants to bring me back again as soon as possible. That's really cool. I mean. I think I've said it before, but just like kudos to you because it's so crazy it was, to do that. It was a lot. I, there's no way. There's no way I could do that. Well, like the worst part was, um, well, it's not the worst part, but because I'm on Accutane, I couldn't really enjoy the benefits of being the dancers. If you're a go-go dancer at a bar, you get free drinks all night, unlimited. Like <gasps> you just keep drinking and they don't care. They give you whatever shots, drinks, whatever. But I'm on Accutane, so I can't really drink that much. So like, I had like one mm -hmm. drink and I was like, that's all I can do. That's, I'm not supposed to drink anymore. So that was a little sad. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I would drink, but I would be terrified of like falling over because I feel like there's countless go-go dancers that have gotten too drunk. Oh, yeah. That, that was one issue. Um, I think they had before was a dancer who got wasted and they kept falling off the box and they're like, you got to go. <laughs> so he doesn't mm. dance for him anymore. He got like let go. Um, no man that was one issue also on the box talk about falling off was it was slippery sometimes people set their drinks there or like spill it on the box where i'm dancing i'd be like yeah this is gonna be slippery the whole night now kick it over i was covered in sweat <laughs> and drinks and not my own <laughs> i know it was kind of gross mm. um but on that same note though that's one thing i had an issue with was just sometimes many times men and women didn't understand consent and that's a big topic that I, I would love to kind of go into. Um, yeah. 
you know, and, and I had to remind people about boundaries and spaces, no matter what I'm wearing or what I'm doing, you don't have immediate access or right to touch me. Unless I, I say mean, yeah, you can. It's a, <laughs> a really valid argument. And I mentioned it before recording, like, that goes beyond the gay community. Like, just because I or whoever is wearing a certain uniform or certain clothes or lack of clothes mm -hmm. still doesn't give you immediate consent to touch someone. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's, that's something I've experienced myself as well, whether it's at campgrounds or at bars. Because there's many a times when it's past midnight at any bar, my shirt's coming off. And it's not yeah. to invite people to touch me. It's just, I'm probably on fire. I'm probably burning up. <laughs> you're drinking. You're around a lot of people. It's stuffy. Like you're, And we have the right to take our shirts off. Mm. You don't have the right to just grab onto me when I do. <laughs> True. Have you had those experiences of people like kind of invading your spaces at those campgrounds? Um, yes, definitely. Uh, the most recent uh, trip that we took, th it's, there's steps to go down into a pool, right? That's how pools work. Mm -hmm. And there's a gaggle of people that hang around the stairs. And it's it's always a joke every single time that you go in, like, oh, we got you, you know, watch your step. It's a steep one. Like, we'll catch you. And they just, like, they just grab you. Ugh. Like, they'll, they'll, you know, grab you by the side, grab you by the hips, whatever it may be. They'll reach for a dick every now and then. And it's, like, it, it's difficult because I see it for the most part as harmless you know, there's not much threat that comes from it, but it still, you know, defeats the purpose of consent. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not allowing you to do that, yet you feel like you can't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, I won't go into details, but in the, in the past, there was a bar here in KC, and a um, doorman got in trouble. I won't say where or who, but he got in trouble <laughs> because... It, Oftentimes, whenever he let people in, he would grope them. And they, of course, they get in for free, but like also, and I have been as well, groped by him. He's honestly, he's not a bad guy. He's an older gay. I just don't think he understands consent necessarily. And um, one time he has gotten like punched. We got socked before. He got knocked out because wow. it was a straight guy. And I, I, I wasn't there for when it happened. I heard the story later, but he groped him. The straight guy punched him because he was like, you just grabbed me. And that, that's that's kind of the reaction, I think, that is going to happen and gay men don't seem to understand and women too honestly i think it's men straight men gay men everyone kind of struggles with the identity of consent assumed consent is a big thing and it's something you have to teach from old ages <laughs> yeah and we don't yeah i mean teached and continued to be governed as well like my example is a great one of not doing something about it doesn't prevent him from doing it another time mm -hmm. so it's just like he got what he wanted out of that interaction i didn't do anything to ha make it have a different outcome you didn't encourage so it either to say yeah he's just gonna do it again mm -hmm. like there's no accountability mm -hmm. for it um not to yeah. go down this one story too in depth um remember a long time ago i went to southern decadence in new orleans i think i told you the yes. story before um, I don't know. I was walking to one of the bars with some friends and I was like, Hey guys, I gotta, I gotta pee really bad. Like there's a bar here. They have no cover. It's called raw. And I was like, Hey, it's no cover. It's, it's kind of dark in there, but there's a bathroom. I'll be right back. 
So I go in there and I ask the bartender. It's very dimly lit, like dark. I can't really see who's around me very well. It's very dark. I go to him. I'm like, hey, I have to use the bathroom. Um, can I go use it or do I need to buy a drink first? He's like, yeah, go ahead. It's 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 down that dark hallway with that dark room right there. It's right right past it. I was like, okay, great, thanks. And uh, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go through this dark room with no lighting. And because uh, I had to go really bad. So I walked through it. And oh my goodness, if you're gay, hopefully you know what a dark room is. For those who don't know, it's a room where anything goes. It's no lights, mm. no rules. Consent is assumed the second you exist. And that was one of the first times I felt like, I don't know, gay men are being objectified. Yeah. And gay men are being taught that consent is assumed in a public setting. And that's very dangerous. And that was my experience. Right. I had to walk through that to get to the bathroom. And I was like, I feel like I just got sexually assaulted by multiple people. Yeah. And I feel like it's situations like that, like dark rooms, there's literally no rules. So there's not any boundaries that are created. And I feel like it also blurs the line for a lot of people of what's okay outside of dark rooms. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and it's what you said of people confusing consent or completely unacknowledging such a thing. Exactly. Hmm. Mm -mm. Speaking of consent, let's talk about unsolicited dick pics on <laughs> dating profiles. <laughs> How about that for a transition? Oh, it makes me want to delete Grinder immediately. Oh. It happened today. Every day it happens. Mine even says just, no NSW pictures. Like I marked it, and it's, I even say it. I say no, none of that. I don't want it. It's something that you can like put on your profile. You don't have to type it yourself, right? Correct. And in some wow. states, that's illegal. In Texas, if you send a dick pic without consent, they can press charges. That is illegal wow. in Texas. Yeah, it happened it after is, I left. Is that like also outside the gay community? Like it's in general, yeah. Any dudes? dick pics? Okay, okay, okay. You send without. Permission? Imagine it being gay specific. <laughs> oh my god, that would be. <laughs> I wouldn't be that surprised. It's Texas. Mm, yeah. I've been there, lived there. But like that aside, like. I have I have like primarily good experiences with the dating apps. Like a lot of my former partners has been from dating apps. Um emphasis on former, I guess. <laughs> so are they good? Um but also something that I've mentioned earlier to you is like when I go to events or I'm visiting a new city for a while, um I see dating apps as a good opportunity to kind of meet people in an asocial way. Like I'm really socially awkward contrary to uh, what a lot of people think i am very socially awkward i don't believe so, you but keep going <laughs> so apps are like a great opportunity to break the ice with a lot of people and, and say hello to people and then you know once you go to the pool or once you go to the bar you have a familiar face someone that you can go to and talk to so i've, I've met a lot of great people from apps and i'm sure you have similar experiences Oh, yeah, definitely. I would say not necessarily my core group of friends I've met over the apps. I mean, unless you call Minecraft an app, but uh, oh, hey, oh. but like <laughs> I have met partners, previous partners over the apps before. I think, unfortunately, none of them have worked out. And I believe you definitely, you know, you you find the love you feel you deserve. So I've definitely learned to look for that more accurately now. Um, right. But I have met some people over the apps in like other cities and places where they've been super kind and I still keep in contact with them. And if I ever travel there again, I'm going to hit them up because they're actually really good people. Right. 
Um, I have had quite a few bad experiences, though, not to jump straight to that. But um, one time, back when we were living together, um, there was this guy, and he was like our age. He was young looking, and he had his age posted, but I assumed he was our age because he had these young pictures that looked like you were like young 20s, mid 20s, I guess. And, um, and he was like, hey, how about I pick you up for coffee? And we just go talk for a bit. And I was young and dumb, and I was like, yeah, sure. Here's my address. Come get me. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. To, to our house. Oh, no. He gets there. The dude is like 20 years older than the pictures he sent. He was smoking a cigarette. He had like like sunken in eyes, long, greasy hair. And I answered the door and I was like, who are you? He's like, hey, it's me, like Michael or something. And sorry, Michael's out there. And uh, I was like, you're not him. I was like, he's like 20 years younger than you. I'm not like, I understand if you want to use older pictures. I was like, but 20 years is very excessive. And that's catfishing. I was like, you catfish me. Yeah. And he didn't understand. He was like, well, I'm already here. So do you want to go for coffee? I said, it doesn't work like that, buddy. I said, have a good day. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was at our place. Yeah, I didn't really talk about I it. I did not know. Yeah, it was embarrassing. And I was like embarrassed. <sighs> that was whenever, um, I won't call out names. But one of our friends was living with us for a short time. And like in the downstairs area. Remember that? Uh, I wasn't around during that time. Oh, you were gone by then. That's why. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It was during that time. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, I was. That's probably why I wasn't told because I wasn't there. Because yeah. I feel like we were tight enough where we would have, we would have talked about. I was that. really embarrassed though. I was like, oh my god! Oh, I was like, oh, I fell right for it. <laughs> I I don't think I've ever had a catfish experience. I but what I think is like a big negative of the apps is like getting a false perception of who people are or what they look like. Mm-hmm. You know, in in two dimensional photos or in text messages. Like, it's really hard to understand tone and intentions mm-hmm. and inflections and text. And then, like, you meet a person and it's like, who is this man? Or you're <laughs> five minutes into a makeout session and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Uh-huh. What am I doing? It's, it's funny you say it like that because that almost makes me think of, like, whenever I try to do, like, this long distance dating thing, I have met people before where I... <laughs> I've actually like flown out to meet them and stuff. And when I met them, I know, I know mm. this is like what I did for New Year's one year. Like, yeah, I was, we'll not go into details, I'm, but I flew out there. I'm right behind you. Don't worry. Yeah, I met him. <laughs> and he was a fine guy. And like, we actually like, we clicked online so well, like video chatting and talking and to know him playing League of Legends together. Like he was like ideal. But then I met him and I was like, there's no spark. And the first day I was like, we have nothing in common as far as like chemistry goes. Um, and we're, we're like, we're still friends. We still like, talk every now and then but like i was like i wasted a whole week flying out there just to like be disappointed because <laughs> i didn't know the real him I, I didn't meet the real him I, it i actually forgot like this is one of those things that i've like suppressed from my memory but you just brought it back thank you okay <sighs> sarcasm <laughs> um i had a really good fling really good fling with this guy and it was like two to three years later. He's like, hey, I'm going to be in town for this thing. He was, a, he was visiting, by the way. I didn't mention that. Okay. Hey, I'm in town um, if you want to hang out. And he wanted something more serious. He didn't just want to fool around. He wanted to have a date and to actually talk and, and you know, look at a potential relationship. And so once I figured that out, we texted every day and had great conversations. Um. And then he came to town and it was like, who is this man? 
like you said, there was zero spark. I haven't seen him in three years, so he looks a little bit different. It was, ugh. I, it was to the point where I had to tell him, like, look, I know you booked a couple extra days here in town, but you need to go. And he booked a flight that day and left. Damn. And that was so hard to do. Mm. Sometimes you have to. I just, like, I like to claim that I'm a nice guy. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was incredibly hard to kind of be truthful mm-hmm. and kind of, is it rude? Kind of just honest, brutally honest. No, you're being transparent. Within, like, that was hard. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. you've also actually brought something back in my mind um, that I'll talk about without saying names. There was one time when I did meet someone who was long distance and it was probably the best time ever meeting someone and getting to know someone. And I, mm. I kind of was the one that like turned that away as an opportunity and said I couldn't do long distance. And I still regret it to this day. Um, it was back when I was living with Wesley, like way back, way back when. Way back. Oh, God, yeah. so long ago. Um, that's like I remember him and Sean first started um, dating. And uh, mm. this guy actually came. I flew, well, I drove all the way out like, to St. Louis to pick him up, and we hung out for like eh, four or five days. And they were like probably the best four or five days I've ever spent with someone who I didn't actually know in person until then. And uh, after he left, I felt bad. I was like, I don't know if I can do long distance. I'm young and dumb. And I was like, I can't do this. I look back at it and I'm like, wow, that was actually, that had a good opportunity right there. I kind of threw it away, but I've learned from that. Well, and I, that's what I was going to say earlier is like, I feel like even with, oh my God, I sound like a therapist or <laughs> a broken record. Like even with these bad experiences, I still think there's silver linings to them mm-hmm. of like, look at my life. I've messed up a lot, but I've always learned from them. And I feel like there's similar experiences with these dating apps. Mm-hmm. Hopefully nothing too traumatic. Everything's Hopefully trauma. Hopefully not too traumatic. Everything's trauma. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I guess for me, the dating, dating apps actually led to my worst breakup. Um, oh. we'll, just, we'll just, I'll just tell this short little story. I'll make it short. Okay, give wanna, me that story time. I don't want to detail it. But yeah, I was um, dating someone for about eight, nine months in 2019. And... Uh, Unfortunately, he couldn't quit the apps. We met on Grinder. I thought we were done with the apps. Apparently, he wasn't. And mm. uh, it all came crashing down when someone I knew, a friend of mine, found him on there. And uh, yeah, I've it, it kind of ruined me for a while. I, I was I've been single since then. Haven't really wanted to connect with anybody just because I don't trust them. I don't trust the apps. And uh, yeah, that was probably one of the worst experiences for me. It was just a very traumatic breakup. That's a scary one because. Like, one, thank goodness a friend said something because who knows how long it's been going, how much longer it would have went. But something that scares me about sexual infidelity is the risks that come with that. Unprotected sex, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. And, like, that's coming back to you. Yep. And you've done nothing wrong. Like, that sucks. I had to get tested for a few months because I was, like, super Mm -hmm. paranoid. I was like, just in case, got to you know cross my t dot my eyes i always promote I'm... people to get tested regularly and i was like trying to eat my own words and do it and uh yeah i mm-hmm. was being very careful for since then of course covid hit I mean, then i was like depressed and single again so that was nice <laughs> Ugh, do i ask about the silver linings <laughs> um, i'll say this it was allowed me to kind of learn to like talk and love myself again that whole covid year and like spend time with myself Sometimes I have to yeah. talk to myself like through things and just, you know, it was 
a good chance for me to prepare for 30, we'll say. And here we are. Well, almost. We're literally days away at this point, huh? Three for days for me. Yeah. Mm. I forgot for a second. You brought mm. it right back. <laughs> How's it feel? <laughs> that was last podcast. Tired. <laughs> I identify as tired right now. Oh, no. I don't know if I have like a, a worse breakup. I've had some bad breakups, but definitely not something as well. I've had some traumatic ones. But you've had some trauma, girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm like beating around the bush, I guess. Um, and one of my first really serious relationships, uh, I, in all reality, I just kind of grew out of. I was really young, and I was in a, a relationship that was like borderline emotionally abusive. Uh, I felt like I couldn't be myself. Mm. Um. And I felt like I was just being a version of what somebody wanted me to be. And once I started to realize that I kind of lost my identity, I, I recognized that I needed to get out. And because of the dynamic of the relationship and because of how dependent I became, it was incredibly hard to get out of. That's a tough situation that a lot of people face every single day. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty fortunate to have gotten out of that. I made that sound so traumatic. I mean, it was kind of traumatic. It was pretty traumatic. I remember. I heard a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I, I've never had the experience of, like, moving in with someone and having to, like, separate your lives at that point. Because um, mm -hmm. that, that's, that's a big investment that you're having to just shatter. Yeah, I've put myself in that situation a lot. And it's incredibly hard to get out of because there's a lot of kind of, like, interlacing between the two lives all of a sudden of you know financials um could be like leases if you got a place together dogs has always been an issue like there's it's really hard to break up with someone when you're living together well like holy hell you are so resilient you just keep going girl you just don't stop like I just keep putting myself in situations oh, no, I, just, <laughs> I mean you keep recovering uh, no <laughs> oh no <laughs> oh my god oh yeah. now that my face is red why don't we take a quick break okay so obviously breakups suck they're the worst we've gone mm -hmm. through them traumatic yes um, a good pre-30 <laughs> coaching opportunity <laughs> oh my god um yeah i don't know i feel like honestly i i do put a lot of blame somewhat on apps but also on just how social media treats relationships and dating and what a healthy relationship is it builds our expectations it builds these inherent biases um i don't know i have a lot i i think about social media how it affects us today is there a certain way that you would feel it addresses your life or affects you i feel like social media is so comparative it's so easy to compare yourself to other people and like you mentioned it's so easy to compare your relationship to other people's relationship and I feel like more often than not, social media is always the highlights mm -hmm. and the positives, especially in relationships, and not often the lowlights. So when you're going through tough times in a relationship and you see that Jack and Johnny just went to, you know, Punta Cana for a weekend and got engaged, it's like, wow, my relationship sucks. Mm -hmm. My relationship should be like this. Social media is so comparative. And similar to what we talked about last week with body image, I have a really hard time on apps like Instagram because 
from a a statistical standpoint, there's people with so many followers and my account doesn't have that same amount. Mm -hmm. But also from an appearance perspective, it's so easy to compare yourself to other people and be like, wow, this guy has a great six pack, has the perfect amount of body hair. The way that he dresses even is so cool. And I'm not like that. I'll never be like that. And it's really destructive. Yeah. And I completely agree. I had a similar conversation with um, a friend, an online Twitter friend of mine. His name's P. And he had mentioned that he feels that, you know, a lot of these Twitter personalities can be a little, a little fake sometimes. Like mm-hmm. you don't see the real person they are. You're just seeing the highlights, like you said. And it's, it's not the, the real core identity of who the person is. Um, and I, I completely agree. I think that it creates this facade of their existence, of their happiness. And, you know, all those, those Facebook stories you're seeing posted of these happy couples, well, what's happening before and after the picture? Are they yelling at each other and saying, shut up and pose? Like, mm-hmm. there's always a story before and after a picture. <laughs> there definitely is. There, oh, my gosh. And I think it was someone did something similar like that on social media the other day of, like, a picture before. And it's literally just, like, a group of people on their phones just like texting or uh, checking social media Mm -hmm. and then the actual photo and it's all of them together no phones acting like they're having a great time and it's like really like you spend five seconds to get this this social media post and then you're just back on your phone it's like are you really friends are you just here for the clout Mm -hmm. like ugh, you know it's it's, kind of cringe it's funny you say that because i feel like i have experienced a similar thing i was at a birthday party once and uh, I remember everyone was kind of just on their phones for like 30, 40 minutes straight. I actually, I made a TikTok of like me just sitting there and like pointing the phone around at everyone. It's like in my drafts because I was, I know I, 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 Post I'll show you it sometime. Um, okay. It's pretty bad. And uh, I just remember at one point they're like, hey guys, let's take a group picture for the birthday. And I was like, okay, great. We'll start talking now. So we all get in the picture. Everyone's laughing or posing. The second that photo is taken and we say it's good after like, 30 pictures everyone sits down back to their phones with their drink in their hand and i'm like that's it (laughs) that's cringe that's so rough that's it's like you said that's fake yeah that's fake friendships that's fake relationships it was a while ago but it was something i remember like vividly i was like oh my god this is i feel bad for the birthday boy because he was actually trying to like get everyone talking but everyone was just like they weren't doing it yeah and it's it's crazy like these personal experiences i also feel like they expand into the community we kind of talked about it of like it's so cool that there's tribes and stuff but i feel like segregation's created with that and it's so quick for a community to be dismissive of a certain person because of things like not having cool social media presence or not looking a certain way it's incredibly frustrating you have under a hundred thousand followers on twitter i can't talk to you it's like girl it don't it's not that deep it doesn't mean that much i think what what i've been cringing at lately not a lot but a little bit and i might get canceled for this (gasps) brace yourself i haven't been a big fan of people getting like fan art of them so we're talking bare instagram models it's all you are and you have people drawing illustration illustrations of you and it's like it almost seems like they're being being oh my god i'm stuttering so much i'm like so flustered <laughs> it's like they're being idolized just strictly based on appearance let's be honest hmm. 
okay i'm off my soapbox i will say (laughs) uh via twitch i have had someone once uh draw a picture of my dog before and like i thought that was super flattering i'll take that i was like you know you're drawing my dog that's fine like i i thank you um Mm -hmm. i'd like to get some more like pictures and things put up of my dog because he's getting a little old so like i want to get those things memorabilized i want to get his paw like on my chest or something that everyone's gonna think i'm like a bear (laughs) i know but like i want my dog's paw you want to talk about tribes just get a a bear tattoo on you and suddenly you're a bear Mm -hmm. Mm. i feel like it's kind of sad how we've changed from like you know matching or relating to people based off your interest now it's become your tribes your height your weight and while it's not always available as a selection on the apps people are very specific at looking at race and stuff and it's like you're you are minimalizing your opportunity pool of friends and dating from an already small pool that we have as gay or bi or any of the lgbtqia plus like a variety that you are making your pool so small of people who could be great friends or great relationships. It's instant dismissal just based on appearance. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of another problem with the apps is like, you see, you see, what do they say? The, the cover of a book. What's the phrase? Help me out. Don't judge a cover. Don't judge a, a book, book by its cover. Yeah. We got there. We got there guys. <laughs> And it's just like, you see one picture, people make a decision within the second. And it's like, people at times won't even look at the profile mm-hmm. to see like, oh, maybe I actually am compatible with this person. It's an instant dismissal based on appearance. Yep. I will say for me, it's definitely like an interest-based thing. Like for me, it's like, if I'm on Tinder, I look at like their, on Tinder now you can pick like five or six interests as your main things. And I see, what do we match on? Or what do I like that you like? And if there's no matches, I kind of base my choice off that. Like if we have nothing directly in common as our main hobbies or interests, we're going to have a lot of trouble talking and relating. Right. I mean, it's, it's so clear and obvious, right? I'm a bear chaser. I like heftier men, but there are definitely times used to be, I'm not on the apps, I promise. Sorry, partner. Uh, (laughs) but there's been times where i've still looked at people that i may not necessarily be attracted to physically uh, and see like oh they're an avid gamer or they're a fan of this sports team that i'm a fan of or they like doing this specific thing and i'll often preface like hey man like i'm approaching you essentially as a friend and be like i'm interested in these things as well like and we start discussing about those things instead of instantly dismissing someone those approaches are so attractive to me. Like mm. on my profiles, it's very prevalent that I am a gamer. I love nerdy shit, like computers talk nerdy to me. I, I'm down for that. And someone comes in with a conversation saying, hey, who's your top three mid main picks on League of Legends? I'm like, oh my God, let's have a conversation. Uh, and exactly. And that's like, that's how you get me like interested is like, I will work to know what interests you, but also work to know what interests me. Right. It, I agree. It's so much more fulfilling to have icebreakers and conversation starters like that as opposed to, woof, bro, you're really sexy. And it's like, <laughs> thanks for this really in-depth conversation. Cool. <laughs> yeah, and not to like jump into a story again. I, I keep going down so many storylines. Come on, um, story time. Sean and Wesley... I always admired their relationship so much because they both worked so hard to not only find interests they both aligned with, but they spent time 
kind of cultivating and growing that connection with each other. And I remember like when I first saw them start dating, I was like, he's going to marry that dude. Like <laughs> I knew what's going to happen. Like it was, Aww. they connected so quick, so fast. And they were like both working so hard, their relationship that I was like, yeah, this is okay. So that's what love is. Yeah. I, it makes me think we need to have them on the podcast just to show us what a real relationship is. like. Mm-hmm. Talk about the real dramas and successes. Uh, <laughs> mm. Well, let's wrap up with a fun topic. Something okay. more kind of spicy to talk about. Let's talk about kink at pride. Just a little fun segue. Lead the way. Yeah. Um, for example, I know there's a movement right now to remove like pup hoods from pride saying it's, it's too uh, sexual that it doesn't have a place, which I wholeheartedly disagree with. Um, I think it's coming from a very oppressed side of the community that doesn't want people to be sexually expressive, yet the gay movement is very sexual. Oh my gosh. I'm just like, I'm kind of lost for words. Wanting to ban pup hoods? That's your biggest concern? <laughs> mm-hmm. That That's incredibly frustrating to hear. I mean, I, I used to be, uh, I used to delve a little bit in, in the pup dab, dab. realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a little bit, and um, it's it's such an incredibly innocent thing more often than not, and for whoever this is to feel threatened, especially sexually by something like that, it's kind of cringe. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. I I believe that there's tons of movements to kind of remove almost all kink at Pride because they want to make it very family friendly, fam- family friendly, <laughs> and good safe. Yeah, and it's it's. One of those things where I feel like we're kind of going down the slope of censoring a lot of what what being gay or any of the spectrum is. You know, it can be sexual, it can be sensual. It's it's more than just sex, obviously, but it's a big component of who we are. We're literally fighting for the right to have sex without being murdered. Right. Yeah. Yep. I go on this topic because we have two gay prides next month, two competing groups of pride, and yeah. That's right. Another another topic for another day, but well, is is that something that's specifically going on in Kansas City? Is this things that they're trying to to remove or diminish? So I'm not so sure if it's something we're directly hearing about. I just more hear about it among the grapevine, among just gay men in general, saying that they don't find it appropriate anymore, and it's very sad to hear because it means that we're slowly censoring our our existences. And we're no longer allowing ourselves to express ourselves. And that's that's kind of sad. Yeah, that was the word that I was thinking is a big thing for for me in regards to pride has been expression and being able to be my authentic self and express it in whatever way, shape or form that I want to. And stuff like this just seems like it's trying to to limit people's expression, which kind of defeats the purpose of pride, in my opinion. Mm hmm. Mm. pride isn't a peaceful protest it's not a peaceful gathering it shouldn't be (laughs) Mm. it was chaos stonewall was chaos due to the homophobia and transphobia that existed exactly so yeah what what's your perspective on like you said family friend friendly Mm -hmm. i've had an impression and correct me if i'm wrong or at least my belief is that there should be like a day dedicated to parents or someone that's wanting to expose youth to what pride is. Where it's like in that day or in this time frame or whatever it may be, like 
it's a bit more family friendly to where we're not <laughs> traumatizing some children with certain scenes. Sure. Do you have any input on that? So I kind of go two different ways. Um, one thing that I look at is maybe there is a, a solution to have, you know, part of a day or even just a section of a pride celebration that is dedicated to families. Um, I don't think you should, of course, take away from the pride that exists as far as what everyone else wants and enjoys. But I don't think it's also, I don't think it's wrong to have a separate experience for the youth of, of gay pride who want to maybe learn more about it. Why is it this way? Where did the flag come from? What were the first colors? What did they represent? And right. I think that's totally cool, actually. Like either a day or even a time dedicated to that. And then saying, okay, well, at this time, be aware, we are lifting the the cover and we're letting gay pride be fully expressive. I actually think that'd be really cool to have some form of like an organized educational session. And if anyone listening knows of these things that go on, like please share. But I feel like that would be like so cool. Like even, even think, sure. Think about the children, right? But think about whoever is 19 years old that just came out of the closet and wants to know more about the history or look at someone that's 40 years old mm -hmm. and is finally starting to realize that they're part of the LGBT community. And they want to learn more about it. Like, that would be so informative. Mm -hmm. I do feel like a lot of Pride has become a lot of vendors or companies coming in to advertise their businesses, which is fine. I get it. I, I like that it exists. I mean, the mom's hug movement. I love it. My mom was yeah. a hugger. She would go around offering free <gasps> oh. hugs to anyone who wanted to hug to feel like a bit, a bit of love. Obviously, it's a bit harder now with COVID going on. But right. I've... I found myself walking a lot in the parade for like rugby mm -hmm. for the most part. And there will be that line, small or big, whatever it is, of the free hugs. And it's from moms. There's been times that it's been from dads. Mm -hmm. It's been like ally brothers and sisters. It, every single time I stop and every single time we stop to give those people's hugs hugs because it's like it's such a cool thing yeah i i love that my mom and my aunt some of our friends did it like i i, I know they were doing it like the day of and i was like what are you doing at pride before me <laughs> and she was like making friends everyone's like is that your mom and i'm like that's my mom like it was uh, it was awesome i loved it that is so cool awesome well with that said i don't think we have anything else for this podcast and we're probably going to be near 45 minutes <laughs> yeah we talked a little bit <laughs> sorry right. i love it i love it yeah awesome well that is all i have to say i'm glad we got through all these topics it was fun to kind of cover all these different perspectives and views and learn more a bit about you know you justin oh me oh how wholesome oh. <laughs> yeah as per usual if you don't follow us on social media please do at dreaded 30s we post a podcast almost every Monday. <laughs> mm -hmm. Almost. <laughs> Pretty much every Monday we post a podcast. Um, so, yeah, we will see you guys next Monday. Uh, that's all I got. You got anything? That's it. Thanks so much. Bye. Cool. Bye.